Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. My name is John McGee, and I'm joined in the studio by two of my friends, two people on my team, Holly Carpenter and Robert Green. Guys, welcome. Thanks, John. <laughs> We've got the international <laughs> flavor here today. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Holly is our director of uh, events mm-hmm. for Watermark Resources. Yep. So if you've been to our church leaders conference or any of our training conferences, that is uh, kind of Holly's lane and uh, does a really amazing, amazing job. And then uh, Robert Green is our national director of Reengage. That's so it. if you are running Reengage or you want to run Reengage, Robert um, is ultimately he will talk to he and his team. And Robert was employee 1A of uh, Watermark Resources. So we were helping uh, our, our body here. And as we began to kind of try to help and serve other churches, uh, Robert was my first call. And so uh, Robert tells a story. I, uh, I got a job description, got it approved by the elders. And I said, Robert, we need to meet today. And I ran up there and you thought I was coming to tell you what? Either in 2013, I thought you were either telling me that you were not going to be coming back to Watermark, that you were leaving, or that you had had an affair. Okay. <laughs> there were no two other options. I've and then, had pastors call me before with last minute meetings. Those were the two things that had happened before. <laughs> and I was debating on the drive over to Jersey Mike's, which one of these two <laughs> it was going to be. And thank God it was neither so, one of those. I don't know. did something want, crazier and yes, asked me to join teams. So. That's it. And it was, yeah. So normally, uh, if you were employee 1A at Facebook, you'd have a slug of stock options. This one's going to be a bit deferred compensation when you get to eternity, uh, but it's been a lot of fun uh, working with you. Hey, same here, brother. Yeah, okay. And I, look, I don't normally clarify self-deprecating comments, but the uh, the affair thing, just to be really clear, that was that was previous history with other pastors. Not anything that was going on with Not Pam and I. Not anything going on with you and Pam or, or here at Watermark. Or here at Watermark. I've been at. Yes, so, I, yeah, let's be clear. Uh, today, guys, we're going to talk about uh, management, which is really fun because we're on the same team and a lot of times we'll pull in up people from other teams. And so uh, it's really fun to have you guys here. These are, you know, you're the two of the people that I work with uh, every day and we, we talk about managing, uh, we talk about leading our teams. And so what happened was Holly got a promotion and became a director that we announced at our um, all staff retreat. The people went crazy. It was re- it was really, <laughs> it was, really sweet. Yeah, yeah, it was really really fun. And so with that came management responsibilities. As did uh, David Petty, who was on our team uh, as well. So he uh, had a new role where he was managing people. And so I just went to you and David and said, "Let's get together and talk about management, kind of what that means and what it looks like to lead, you know, a team." And then we just opened that up to the broader staff and said, those of us that are new managers, let's get together. And so we met about four times, mm-hmm. uh, talked about some different principles. And then kind of the uh, the capstone um, session was we brought Robert in uh, to talk about kind of management, some of the things he's learned. And Robert's been managing people, you know, feels like probably longer than I've been alive uh, on other continents and at scale that some of us, you know, probably really would have a hard time getting our head around. So I uh, had a wealth of uh, expertise. It was a really fun session. So that's where we're going to spend a bulk of our time. Uh, but Holly, if you would just frame up, um, what is it that a, that a manager does? What are the core functions of a manager? We talked about some of that uh, to start with. So why don't, you, why don't you do that? And then we'll get to kind of Robert's best practices and mm-hmm. uh, hard fought for uh, lessons. Sure. Yeah. And so these are the notes that I took in our manager training because I have been doing this for probably six, seven months at this point. Yeah. And so I would I would not call myself an expert. I can't wait to read your book. Yeah. <laughs> but these were the things that truly when you came to David and I and said, hey, I'd love to spend this time with you. I thought, thank goodness, because I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and yeah. what was helpful is you, you walked us through the job of a manager and really boiled it down to just simple things that we can focus on. And when we focus on those, it helps us 
feel that weight and pressure lifted mm-hmm, off of us. Mm-hmm. So when we started, we talked about the job of a manager. You know, you asked us, what do you think the job of a manager is? And we all had lots of different things that we threw out, lots of ideas, and you helped us boil it down to three things. So a manager is hired to do these three things. The first is to set objectives. So managers, they set the goals for the team and they decide what the work needs to be done. They kind of create a roadmap so that the people on their team can reach those goals. And to do that, what was really helpful was you explained to us, it's not just what we decide we think we should do, but to understand what our bosses above us, what their goals are, what their vision for the church, whether it's the elders, senior leaders, your boss, understanding what's important to them, and then how can we implement that into our team and actually accomplish those things. And so in setting those objectives, it's really just ensuring that the people reporting to you need to clearly understand what's being asked of them and why. And one of the exercises you gave us to do was to truly go to our direct reports and ask them, do you know what your job is? Like if not in a condescending way, but hey, I want to make sure that what you're working towards is what you should be working towards. Mm -hmm. And so the first one, setting objectives. The second one is to organize and develop a plan. So managers, they take those objectives, they create a plan. And in that, they're dividing the work into doable chunks and activities that they can then assign to team members who have the giftings for it. So thinking through the team, who's available, who are the players, what are their gifts, and what can they accomplish? In doing so, I loved how you encouraged us to invite our direct reports into that with us. So not just creating a plan without them having a voice or having the ability to contribute, but making it something that they can be excited about. And it's something that we're working on together. I'm not just giving you a list of things to do. We're working towards this goal together and here's how we can accomplish it. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah. And then the final one was to measure. So it's not just laying out things to do and then having no way to measure success or if we're working in the right direction, but creating smart goals. So specific measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound, and making sure those things can be analyzed and interpreted. So at the end of the day, it's really just communicating, here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it, here's how we're going to do it, and then here's how we're going to measure what we did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so those are the three things that managers are hired to do, but then to do those successfully, it requires two other things. So you can do those, but to make sure that you're actually being successful in it, It involves, um, the first is motivating and communicating. So making sure that you're communicating clearly, you're on the same page with your direct reports, and you're motivating them of like, this is why this matters. And then the second is just to develop and rally people. So uh, managers are accountable for helping their team members not just do the job, but to develop them along the way. And something that you said to me when I had that promotion back in January was we want more for you, not from you. We want you to grow and be even stronger coming out of this job and even more in love with the Lord than the actual deliverables that come out of your job. So motivate and communicate and develop and rally your people. That's fantastic. Great job, Holly. Um, You know, and I think then one of the questions a lot of times that comes up is what's the difference between management and leadership? And um, if, if you want, I guess, technical terms, uh, Peter Drucker is the one that said it first, that, is that management is doing things right and leadership is doing the right things. So a leader classically in an organization uh, would say, this is where we're going. And then a manager then would take that, um, you know, would take that vision, would take those directives and then be actually begin to execute. So there's always way more overlap. It's never, you know, that, uh, that clean, but th- that would be the distinction. And in 
in your role, Holly, you're both, you're doing both. You're mm-hmm. managing and you're leading. Uh, this podcast, we're talking about uh, management specifically, and which I think oftentimes is, is just something we don't talk a lot about in the church. We talk about leadership, 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 and we don't, we don't really talk about uh, management. But, you know, it is absolutely one of the things that's going to uh, need to happen in order to build a healthy church or to pull off a mission, uh, pull off a vision uh, to develop those uh, around you. We have to have that. And, and I really do I think at the end of the day, it's just an expression of the greatest commandment to love God and love others. And we do that with the people that we work uh, for and uh, those that we serve as a result. And we just, we do so, you know, as, as a posture of a servant, um, uh, Mark ten forty five. that we're, uh, as a manager, you really are serving those who uh, work on, under you and you are developing them and you're helping them. You're removing roadblocks. Um, so it's incredibly Christian. And the thing that I think we have to, uh, to pull off, you can't just stand in front of people and rally them with big vision and big ideas. You actually have to execute that, which, you know, Robert, I've just seen you do that over and over and over again, that execution and then pulling people along. And that's why candidly, why we're serving so many churches and re-engage is because you got, you came on, got crystal clear on what we were going to do and just started to make it happen and brought others along with you. So, um, it, I've, I've seen you do this and I've seen you develop Holly at one point reported uh, to you and I saw you just go ahead. Well, he's just the best boss I've ever had. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's just fun to now take all the things that you taught us in manager training and be like, I've literally watched this played out for years. Yeah. Yeah. So we joke that, you know, Robert, uh, a lot of times our newest team members end up reporting to Robert. And so uh, Ashley, uh, who is our executive producer, is also in the room right now, was a uh, re- direct report uh, to Robert. And, and so we've just joked, Robert, that we've watched you take these young people. They come in your office. And we don't really know what you do in there. But two years later, out come these incredibly gifted, um, competent people. And so that was how that was how we framed up that conversation with you. It was like, what do you do in there? And so it was really fun, brother. You gave us kind of eight things. Um, you know, just kind of top of mind uh, things that uh, you thought about as a manager. And uh, they were really helpful to all of us in the room. I thought they'd be helpful to those who are listening. So if it's okay, we'll just jump in and kind of go through your eight, your list of eight. Well, is that okay? I'd do that. I mean, okay. it, look, if, if you're listening to this, what you need to understand is that I'm, I'm like a computer nerd. I'm a, in <laughs> 1978, I got into the computer business because I liked machines more than I liked people. And the fact that we're sitting here talking, you know, about how to lead people is is just crazy, you know, to me. I mean, it's it's a trophy of God's grace yes. and how you can change uh, change people. And so... Um, you know, I think that um, everything I'm about to tell you is a little autobiographical because I had a lot of flaws. Yeah. And, and every one of these eight things I'm about to tell you were just ways to compensate for things that I did not do well. Yeah. And so for most people listening, hey, you're going to have maybe a different set of challenges. Some of these might, if we've been diagrammed it, they would overlap with you some and, and some might not. But, yeah, why don't we just jump in? These, 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 are, these are eight. Number one. You got to be a CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer. And so we talk about this a lot. And this is maybe the thing I am worst at. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's from this whole school of, Hey, you know, do, do what I say, not what I do, because it took me a long time to, to develop this. And I'm still working on this. I, when I started, I, I honestly didn't know how to do this well. And so mm-hmm. I would actually put reminders on my calendar, you know, once or twice a week that say, Hey, make sure you've said something nice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever it takes <laughs> to each of your direct reports, <laughs> write a program uh, for you know, yourself this week. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, when you, when you do that, um, you just get better and better results. It, it was amazing. You could see it happen before your eyes both you guys are outstanding at this yeah. like i would love to learn you know from both of you 
you know, on, on encouragement. Um, but I, th- I think front of mind, if you can do nothing else, being chief encouragement officer for the people that work for you. I love it. I love it. Holly, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, so that was one of the exercises you gave us when we were in manager training was to find an opportunity to directly encourage someone who reports to you and to also share words of encouragement about that person to the people above you, to your bosses. Yep. And so what I love to do and I just came from a meeting where I I was really trying to be intentional about this was to think very specifically, not to just say, hey, you're doing a good job. Thank you for your hard work. But to say, I understand that you've spent a lot of time on this. Here are specific things that I was really encouraged by and I see your gifts being used. Thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. And I found the specificity for me. I love when people are specific. And so if I love it, being mindful to do that with others then encourages them when they see the specifics. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is, you, you do, absolutely, you need to correct. Uh, you need to, you know, uh, jump in and say, you can do this better. You didn't do that right. But encouragement uh, is always the best lever to pull uh, whenever you can. And people are always more motivated. Robert, as you said, you could just tangibly see that. So, okay, these are uh, Robert's eight. We've got Robert's rules of order, which you did not um, write, but these are Robert's uh, eight rules of management. Uh, number one is to be a CEO. Number two, uh, Robert, you said was early feedback. What do you mean by yeah, that? Yeah. Um, so I had a guy uh, that I worked with one time. He was a former sailor. And uh, what he, he said, look, when I'm sailing into the wind, you know, I guess it's called like a tank. You go tank. left, right, left, right, left, yeah. right. He said, whenever you need to shift back the other way, you can, you can tell when to do it because you see this little ripple in the sail. And if you do it right then, the sail will flip for you pretty easily. If you don't, then the sail is going to catch and flipping it to the other side is going to be almost impossible. And, uh, you know, what I learned from that um, and from him is just giving early feedback. Like yeah. when you see something, say something. So early on, um, it may seem like almost nothing. It's just a little ripple on the sail. But I'm telling you, if you say something then, um, you're going to save yourself quite a bit of challenge, you know, yeah. later on when all of a sudden it's kind of, hey, well, I've been doing this for a long time. Why haven't you said anything? Yeah. So um, I always learn to say something early. You early know, what's funny is I have a very specific example well, of that. Tell. So Robert was my boss for probably three years. And I think it was our second one-on-one meeting that we were sitting there and I had my laptop in front of me and I was answering emails during the meeting and kind of multitasking because <laughs> I'm a, a high productive person. Yes, you are. And he, in very nice words, said, I don't appreciate when people do that because he wants people to be fully engaged and focused and rightfully so because that's just respectful. And I, in that moment, was like, my goodness, that I'm so grateful someone said that to me. And since then, I switched over in my one-on-ones with him to take notes on a notebook instead of on my laptop to communicate on yeah, focus. So good. And I recognize it in meetings with people today where I give them my full attention. That's good. So good. Yeah. So when you're giving uh, feedback, make sure it's early. Make sure that it is uh, clear. Uh, make sure that it's actionable. You know, you're doing a bad job. Someone can't, <laughs> they can't change mm-hmm. a course on that. You tell them what it is. So in that instance specifically, um, you know, I want you to, to be present and close your laptop, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that uh, feedback that you can take action on is always uh, the most helpful. Okay, so uh, number three, uh, Robert, (laughs) weekly religion. You know, uh, so I always try to set aside every time, uh, every week, a time where I get together with every direct report. And, you know, this, I I call it religion because, I mean, it is sacred time. Um, There's so many times we're all busy, things are happening, and I don't want anybody that I work with to know that, hey, we have this time set aside where if we don't get any other time, 
and things are going crazy. We've got this time together. And so it is not just, um, you know, tasks and, and what is going on. Um, it's really this whole idea of people over tasks. And that took me a long time to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, as a software engineer, I, I mean, I wanted to get right into, <laughs> hey, what are we doing? How are we building this? Uh, what's going on with this? Um, and it took me a long time to really begin to flip that and say, hey, let's talk about you. You know, is your spiritual tank full or empty? Yep. You know, um, are, you know, what's frustrating you in the job right now? You know, and a lot of time, I mean, you know, Holly, we talk about, you know, community group. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, those things, you bring those in when there's conflict or that kind of thing. And so we just like to lead um, with that and just find it, you know, super helpful. So we're going to set aside time during the week and we're going to kind of talk about people before we're talking about tasks. I love it. So, Rob, um, do, do you keep that every single week? Yes. Does it ever get canceled? Um, occasionally. Like okay. if we have conferences or something like that, and yep. there's three days that are gone during the week, it may right. or may not okay. pan out, but we try to make it every week. I mean, listen, if you can find a week, every, if you can find a time every every week and there's enough to talk about, that's great. You know, Honestly, that's probably one of the reasons why people love, I've always loved working with you, Robert, because you give them so much time. Um, but you can do that every other week. And that, you know, the way I think about it is that's for the employee by and large, the person that reports to me. And so if they have nothing that they want to uh, talk about, then, you know, then yeah, they can have right. their time back, you Absolutely. know, and uh, unless there's something I need to drive, but it's, this is for you. And uh, how can I help you? How can I remove that? And, um, and so uh, you always close the door. I don't know what happens in there, but I know people come out smiling from your office. So uh, weekly religion <laughs> would be number three. Uh, number four, uh, yes. as Ronald Reagan would say, trust, but verify. Trust, but verify. And so I think one of the things that was really hard for me when I first started, you know, leading people was, okay, when do I really dig into what is going on? Um, you know, and so um, I, I heard this phrase once, hey, you, you need to snorkel, not scuba. You know, and so what that means is, hey, I don't need to get on my tank and swim at the bottom and know the details of every single thing at the ocean floor. You know, what I need to do is kind of swim at the top and kind of know when to snorkel. So I'm going to dive down and see what's going on on certain projects at certain times. Um, and so there, you do develop over time kind of a, a spidey sense about, hey, this is probably something. It may be just a bigger project I need to know yep. a little bit more about. So p- part of this is you don't want to micromanage people. You know, you don't, you've, you're asking them to take ownership of this. You want them to be responsible for it. And so for you to own that and go over every detail is not communicating that, hey, <laughs> I trust you. Um, so right. I trust them. But I do want to verify every once in a while. Let's make sure, especially on something big or something really important, let's spend a few minutes on the details of this. So as the direct report for that, that was immensely helpful for me because when he would ask me a question about something, it signaled to me that it was important. So he wasn't asking because he was trying to be controlling or micromanaging or needed to know everything. But when he asked a specific question and then maybe two weeks later asked a follow-up question, it taught me, hey, that's something I should pay attention to. But he gave me the the safe space to learn that instead of just being told item by item, this is what you should do. Knowing who you're dealing with. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So uh, number five, overkill is underrated. What do you mean by that? Yeah, that's kind of a cute way to say that, don't you think? <laughs> I do. Um, Absolutely. You, you no, should be a marketer. Th- look, <laughs> the idea <laughs> here um, is to demand excellence. Um, so, I, look, I think we all, uh, especially if we're working in a place, you know, where people are paying our salary, like, you know, at a church and whatnot. I mean, ec- excellence is something that we want to provide. I, I think that asking that, you know, of, of folks of reinforcing, hey, we, we need to do this and we need to be beyond uh, reproach and we're going to go the extra mile and make sure that this thing doesn't 
you know, break, that this is the best conference that, uh, that anyone has ever attended. We don't want there to be that, you know, I think uh, just demanding excellence. Uh, and a lot of times people will, will take that as, isn't that kind of overkill? Like mm -hmm. that, that seems mm -hmm. a little much, you know, to, to be doing. And, and the point is, hey, we, we want to do, we want to be excellent, you yeah. know, at, at what we do. So I will ask questions just around, okay, excellence. Yeah, and I think I think yeah for you if if that's not if that's not clear, Robert, I think the way that you think about that is people not only want to receive excellence, they want to be a part of excellence. Yes, and you know, Better no, said. yeah, yes. no one wants to just be part of mediocre. They want to be a part of doing the best they can with what they have. So if they had you know twenty more million dollars and fifteen more employees, could they do better? Sure, but this is what they have. And people want to lay their head on the pillow at night and go, like, gosh, I did the best I possibly could with what I had, as well as everyone to my left and to my right. And and so that's one of the things you do great, Robert. It's like I'm not going to settle. You're not going. You're not a tyrant. You're not. Um, you're you're not making anybody uh, feel bad uh, about themselves. But I think there's a gap between what is and what we could pull off, given what we have. And if we're going to do it, let's go ahead and do it well. And um, that is a, just a skill. Uh, it's a it's a mentality um, that. A, um, a manager can have that it really ends up being an incredible gift to those uh, well, that you a lot lead. Of times so, people yeah. don't understand the whole the whole picture and you need to help them see that good. like hey good. this may seem like a mundane task that you're doing we're going to do it excellent because it is one piece of eight things that are happening yes. and so that's part of i think is is leadership you're making sure they see the picture and, and drive their motivation like like uh, holly talked about earlier number six how not what so the idea here is to shape, um, you know, how people think, not what they think. I don't want to give them their opinions. I don't want to give them their options. Um, I want, but I do want to um, understand how they think. And so I'll ask a lot of leading questions like, hey, how do you think you should do that? Um, what, what do you think is the best approach, you know, to this? Um, I love options. I want people to say, hey, here's, here's three things. And if somebody just comes with one option, you know, I'm saying, okay, I, that may be the exact right answer. Give me two or three other ways that you thought about this yeah. uh, so that I can understand how you're processing this. And next time you, you come in, I'll begin to believe that, hey, you've thought about these other things. Yeah, so. yeah. which, Holly, I've heard you say about, honestly, about everybody that you work with, this is how they think. And um, which means you're paying attention to mm -hmm. not just the uh, the the what, but yeah. the how. And um, and I've heard you start sentences with "This is how I think about it." You know, as you're trying to explain to someone else, rather than just "We're going to do this." Like, this is how I'm thinking about it. Which is to say, if that's not the right way to think about it, you know, um, let's talk about that. But this is this is how I'm thinking about it. Which means, you know, these are the conclusions that I've drawn. So it's a, it's a really great skill to give uh, those that you lead, um, teach them to fish. You know, uh, metaphorically. Yeah, it was helpful under just Robert's leadership when the things that he taught me that I now get to use with uh, my direct report is if I had a problem, I wouldn't just come to him and be like, hey, I have this problem. How would you solve it? Can you fix it for me? But it, there was almost this expectation of I'm going to come to you and say, here's the problem. Here's how I think it should be solved. And here's what I'm working through. What else would you add? And so now that's something that I clearly communicate to um, my direct report, to other people that I'm working with, of I am more than happy to help partner with you to find solutions, but I want you to do some of the thinking ahead yep. of time. And I want you to come to me, and if you don't have it figured out, that's okay. But this is a safe place for you to start to learn how to do what you're trying yep, to they do. They need to develop those muscles. That's so good. Okay, uh, let's keep going. Number seven, compound interest. Compound interest. So I remember uh, when I was a young buck, uh, and somebody <laughs> and somebody told me, hey, starting now, when you're 22, if you'll start putting aside some money every month, 
by the time you retire, you'll be able to actually retire. You'll have a nest egg. And I said, that is not possible. Like if I put in that money, there's no way I'm going to have this much money, you know, in 40 years or whatever. Let me tell you, I'm way closer to the end than the beginning. And compound interest is a thing. Like <laughs> Turns we out. actually, I think we can actually retire at some point. Uh, and so I begin to trust that. And, and so the, look, the, the leadership point of, of all that is you, you will get people that are, that are on two ends of the spectrum with regards to caring about their career. You know, mm -hmm. some care a ton. In fact, they care too much. And then there's some that don't care at all. Like they just want to come in, do the job, you know, go home. And I think you're trying to look for something in the middle. You know, you want people that are interested and want to develop things in their in their career. And one of the things that I encourage people to do is just take take the next wise step. Like develop a skill yeah. today that you can use today. That 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 task that we've said, hey, this would be a good one for you to do. You may say, man, I don't know why I'm doing that. Hey, grab that skill. Be faithful today. And I'm telling you, just the compound interest of I learned this today. I'll learn this next week. Somehow all that comes back around. And at the yeah. end, you've got like a really great, you know, profession, job, you know, result, you know, whatever that might be. So um, that's that's part of the way I think about uh, help, helping people think about their career. Let's be faithful today. Um, but you have to want to develop that skill. So the people on the end of the spectrum that say, I, I don't really care. Hey, let's develop. Let's develop something today. Yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, you've had a couple of people I, angsty is probably too strong, but let's just say, you know, these kind of uh, angsty young adults yeah. who are ready to get on with it and want to, you know, change the world. And, yeah. and your, you know, your uh, counsel generally goes something like, you know, that seat that you got out there, go sit in it and do the job that you've been given <laughs> the job description, pull it out and go do that. You know, it's a good summary. And, and yeah, <laughs> so it's not quite that direct, but what I wasn't, there wasn't, a, there's not a big gap there. Um, and what's been great is just to see that, um, play out over time. People on our team, anyway, we've launched them to do ultimately the things that, that they wanted to do truly yeah. like you launched them That's into right. dream That's jobs, right. dream roles. And they first, the first thing they did, the first skill they developed was just to do the thing that was in front of them really, really well. Uh, so when they were given more or something different, they understood how to work hard, how to be faithful, how to steward, how to learn, uh, all those kinds of things. And it, it is, it's great, um, it's great counsel and it's a great thing to drive as you, you know, Holly, you talked about developing them and you need to, uh, but one of the best gifts you can give is this, this idea of compound interest, just keep showing up and doing it over and over. And there's a and contentment element to that also. Like, Ephesians 5, 19 to 20 is one that I look at a lot. You know, when God gives any man wealth and possessions, enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in work, this is a gift of God. Yeah. Seldom reflects on the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with gladness of heart. And so if you're having to sit around and think about your career a lot, you know, I think I look at contentment. You know, are you content doing what you're doing, what God, where he's placed you? So yes. be faithful today. Yeah, I'm convicted every time you, every time you say yeah. it. You've lived it, and I'm convicted when you say it. Number eight. Number eight, just time outside work. Um, this this is not going to be a surprise to anybody. I'm I'm the worst small talker in the world. I'm I'm convinced of that. If you rank, <laughs> you ranked you know seven billion people. I'm definitely in the in that range, and so I need to connect around something, and I need to kind of be on your turf or whatnot. And I think about it kind of in two buckets. You know, one is obviously man, go go outside work. You know, play a game. Go you know go get a meal. You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the things I discovered early on, there's also ways to do that at work. And I had a guy that worked for me named Roy. He would disappear every day for, for a little while. Um, he was brand new to the team. I wasn't sure where he was going. I finally realized Roy was going to the smoker's porch every day. So I followed him out there, and I connected with the guys on the smoker's porch. 
Okay, um, this is in the corporate world. This is not at Watermark, by the way. <laughs> Holly, was, Holly wasn't out there. Yeah, <laughs> I was not. <laughs> um, and man, I'm telling you, I learned so much from those guys and developed such a rapport, you know, with Roy and his cohorts. That's the way to get things done. You know, you develop these subcultures, you know, people. So you don't have to leave the building. Like around here, it might be, hey, we're going to go to the coffee shop or we're going to take a walk. You know, kind of get out of the, the the corporate you know environment, if you will, and let's let's just go someplace different. And somehow that just tilts tilts the view of the conversation, what you're thinking about, um, and I found it just be very helpful. I love it. Uh, I love the way you tell that story, Rob. You talk about the guys who are the you know, the top floor uh, of the skyscraper in New York. They weren't able to pull off what you were because you were out in the smoker's porch, you know, just connecting those I'm guys. Telling you, I would show up with those guys, and I would say, and, and they'd say, what are you working on, you know, in a very yeah. derogatory way. And i say, well, I'm thinking about doing this. And they say, it'll never work. <laughs> you know? And I'd say, well, why not? And, you know, in a very innocent way, and they say, well, this, this, and this. Here's what you need to do. I mean, 100% of the time, I went back and did what they said I, I should it. do. I always worked. I love it. Always love worked. It. And you, you know, uh, you and your bride, Linda, I know you guys you will invite, you know, uh, people that are on your teams over to, you know, play games or eat fajitas. There's always a, a pretty raucous, um, you know, basketball watching party uh, during March Madness at, um, at the Green's house. And so you... High holy days. <laughs> it's a bit blasphemous, <laughs> but that's the Green's, yeah, the Green's phrase is the high holy days. Uh, you know, and so you guys do a great job just inviting people in, nothing extravagant, but just spending time with them. And, and the people that work, you know, for you, Rob, have always felt very, very cared for uh, by you. And, uh, and again, you're, you know, you went to school to be an engineer and not a counselor. And um, and so you can, with intentionality, uh, pull everything off that you just talked about uh, here. It's been really, uh, really, really fun to watch. So um, Thanks, it, it, is, uh, it is, it is, yeah, it truly has been a gift. So a couple things come to mind. Uh, Holly, I'd love I'd love any more thoughts that are in your head here, but uh, one, you know, Robert, is this the first time you've been on this podcast? Yeah. CLP, okay. Yes. So it occurs to me that, you know, in your organization, you've got Robert Greens um, and you need to make sure that you value them and celebrate them, it, which I feel like we do on our team. I feel like um, the leadership of this church does, but Robert hasn't yet spoke on a Sunday morning or kick off the church leaders conference with some rousing, you know, uh, vision cast. That's, that's not Robert's gifts, but he's using his gifts to build up the body and there's tangible results of that. And so just, you know, especially I think the church is the worst. Um, when a lot of times the people who are celebrated the most are people with microphones, not the managers, um, but people who are managing others, developing others and pulling off kind of the, you know, the vision of the church, that's where a lot of the good stuff happens. And uh, we need to make sure that we honor, uh, them. And, um, and so I, I hope if you're a senior leader and you're listening here that you make sure that, uh, you have told, uh, your great managers, how much you value them, not just the people that, you know, are uh, getting the applause and the microphones, uh, up, up front. So, uh, that's one thought, Holly, anything else in your head as you listen to all this? Yeah, I would just say as an overarching theme of what I took away from our manager training and just as a, a direct byproduct of Robert's leadership and management over me, my big takeaway, big theme is I've learned that I'm not just managing people to get a job done. I'm modeling to those people what it looks like to manage others and to understand that what I'm doing, they're not just learning how to do a task or pull off a project, but they're learning how to lead and manage and truly just be an example of a Christ follower. So I'm not teaching them what to do or how to do it, but why I do it. And my motivation, you know, it's we're all believers and we're all working in ministry. Uh, we just have this 
this motivation and identity in Christ that really takes our management and leadership to the next level. Um, it's helped me pay attention to setting the temperature. So if I'm good. stressed, not letting talk my stress. Yeah. 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 So I, uh, I carry stress. That's been something that's been on my reviews for probably as long as I've been around here. It's just an area of development for me. And understanding that when I emote stress to other people, I set the temperature for them. And what I can do as a leader is I can help lead out in peace and calm. I can help be um, solution oriented, not just problem identifying. And in doing so, it, it can establish confidence yes. in everyone. And so that's something I've even noticed in the last couple of years where I've really taken some ground in it. And the Lord has grown me so much that I can notice when chaos comes up and I choose to lead through the calm. Calm is contagious was a topic that we talked about. Um, It is noticeably different. And so just overall understanding that management really is an opportunity for us to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Like the, um, the character of Robert and his leadership, it was just, it was really evident of his relationship with the Lord and how it came through in his management. And now it's an opportunity I get with my direct report to be an example for her of, not just getting the job done, but how do we do it in a way that honors and glorifies yeah, the world? So Lord. good, and we didn't we didn't drill down on that one. That was actually the very first time we met uh, during that training. We spent a whole day just on, or a whole session just on that. Uh, and here's here's why: because I ask everybody who had new managers on their team, like, what was the growth area? And you know, let's uh, I think there was twelve people in there. About ten of them said. All of them need to make that jump from following to leading to managing uh, in, in regards to kind of owning their own emotional state. So that was that was pretty consistent, uh, which is what, what you do as a manager. Calm is contagious and people will uh, they will match your energy, your stress, your confidence. And you just have an ability, as you said, Holly, to set the temperature in the room and. Uh, and that comes when they're not doing well, not even, you know, situations are going poorly, but they're doing poorly or they're frustrated or they're angry. And if you match that, you're dead and you're going to say something that both of you are going to regret. Um, you're going to um, press play on your raw emotions. You're going to fire off an email. You're going to a hundred other things. And so uh, we have to use all of our brain, whatever it is for you. We talked about, you know, different tactics uh, on, you know, just kind of breathing slow and deep, which sounds funny, but the stakes are so high as a manager when you're in a position of authority, you have to manage your emotions. And um, you were talking about just the blessing of being, you know, next to someone. Robert would have made a great uh, field, you know, like colonel in World War II when bullets are flying and everyone's going crazy. You know, you just, I've got him out there just standing. Guys, we're going to go, you guys are going to go left, we're going to go right. And his uh, blood pressure isn't up. And it would have given people immense confidence as it does when we try to serve other churches and we're trying to launch new projects and nobody's stressed but they are it's not because the manager's stressed and uh, he's able to really uh, de-amplify stress we've talked about uh, before uh robert got the love fest for you brother so we're going to give you the last word here friends man first corinthians 11 1 be imitators of me as i am a christ and man whenever whenever i think about how i'm doing my spiritual life i say hey what am i going to tell people that Mm. i work with you know what am i modeling you know for them it always spurs me on you know, so, man, it's, I just think it's oh, a privilege to be able to lead others. And I think everybody around this table it agrees. Is, it is. So, we've we've talked about it before. It, it is, uh, sometimes it's hard, 
but I think if you didn't have the opportunity to do that, you would also miss it. And so today, um, if you've got people to manage, that means you've got problems to solve and um, be grateful uh, for that. So uh, friends, hopefully this will be a helpful episode for you. Maybe you can give it to your team, your staff, and uh, start, start a good discussion about you know, how to be a good manager or give this to uh, those who are new in their management roles. Um, and then always for you, think about one or two takeaways here. How can you do better as a manager? What's a tangible uh, action item coming out of this? And, um, and steward the moment, steward the responsibilities that you have well. So we'll put together a PDF here so you can have all of these notes uh, and outlines, Robert's points, uh, the roles of uh, managers, as well as some of the other verses we talked about here. So as always, friends, if we can serve you in any way, if you have uh, ideas for future episodes, or if you have any questions or comments, we can be reached at clp at watermark.org, clp at watermark.org. We'll talk to you again next time.